pay attention. No, no, really, please pay attention to this episode of The Buyer's Mind. Welcome to The Buyer's Mind, where we take a closer look deep inside your customer's decision-making mechanism to reverse engineer the perfect sales presentation. Now, please welcome your host, Jeff Shore. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of The Buyer's Mind. I am your host, Jeff Shore. This is the podcast where we try and figure out how to serve our customer best by understanding the way that their brains process information, the way that they make decisions. And today we're going to talk about a really, really interesting topic, paying attention. Uh, joined as always by our show producer, Paul Murphy. Murph, what do you think? Are, are you the type of person who finds it hard to pay attention or does that just come? Uh, I read you as somebody who doesn't really struggle with uh, attention issues. Sorry, what? Squ- squirrel? What? Oh, no. <laughs> squirrel. There you go. <laughs> um, to answer, well, to answer the question, um, paying attention to you, uh, paying attention to anybody when they're speaking to me, not a problem, uh, but paying attention uh, uh-huh. and keeping my focus on work, oftentimes a little more of a struggle, I think, sometimes. Uh, it's interesting. You know, this is such an, an important issue for everyone, I think, especially for salespeople, because, uh, you know, there is that sense of mindfulness that we need when we are paying attention. And so often our minds are so distracted, right? We're thinking about so many different things at the same time. And I'm looking at it from the perspective of a salesperson. If they are not fully paying attention to the customer in front of them, uh, the customer knows it, right, Murph? You know it when somebody is sort of half paying attention and half not. Yeah, well, it's really frustrating. You feel like they're inattentive and uh, wh- where's their mind going? Uh, I'm right here. Yeah, yeah. And then you feel like I, I must not be that important to you, right, after a little while. But but it's interesting that, you know, when we're thinking too much about a number of different things, when we're not fully paying attention or put it another way, paying all of our attention then what happens? We're going to miss really, really important details about our customer. And I sort of think about it just even in the day-to-day interaction where, uh, here, Murph, we'll do a little role-playing. Uh, we're, we're friends. We run into each other. And you say, How, how's it going? That's your line. How's it going? Don't don't screw it up. Go ahead, Murph. Your, your line is, how's it going? Go ahead. How's it going? Uh, you know, fine. Good. Wow, uh, that that doesn't sound good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But 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 it's a test, right? If I answered the question that way, it's a test. I I really want to know: Did you really care when you said how is it going? Did does it really matter to you how it's going, or is this just something that you just sort of threw out there? mindlessly. And when I'm looking at it, I'm trying to get that sense of how do we make sure we are completely mindful in the conversations that matter? And for a salesperson, the conversation that matters is the person standing right in front of you, right? That's the idea. And so we're going to get into that today. Neen James is the author of an incredible book called Attention Pays. It's really a good book and Trust me, it got my attention. I enjoyed the entirety of it, and so we decided to have her on the show. I think you're going to love this conversation. Well, thrilled to have on the podcast, uh, Neen James, author of Folding Time and her most recent book, which we're going to talk about today, Attention Pays. She is a top leadership speaker around the world, numerous speaking awards, companies like Viacom and Comcast and Cisco and Virgin and BMW, and someday she might even find a company you've heard of, uh, and the FBI. I'm mad ask her about that. Uh, she's an Aussie. You'll figure that out uh, pretty soon, but mostly she's just a really, really good person. I, I only just recently met Neen, but I feel like we've been friends forever. I just think she's kind of that kind of person, frankly. Uh, Neen, welcome to The Buyer's Mind. 
G'day, gorgeous. What a treat to get to serve your listeners. And just speaking of books, can we talk about how fabulous your book is? I loved it. I consumed it on a plane. It was fantastic. Oh, thank you. you're too kind. You're too kind. Uh, and Nina, we, we met through our mutual friend, Stacey Hunky, and, and basically I, I just crashed your lunch gathering. The two of you were sitting down at lunch uh, without invitation. I just sat down and made myself at home. Uh, you and Stacey are both connectors, though. You just have that gift. And actually, is it a gift, that ability to connect with people that quickly? Or do you think it's more of a skill that gets developed over time? What's your opinion on that? I think it's a skill that every person can develop. I call it systemized thoughtfulness. Mm -hmm. So when you think about putting systems in place, there are ways that you can connect very deliberately. And Stacey Hunky is phenomenal at that. And we both have a mutual admiration for each other. And so when Stacey endorses you, Jeff, that's all I need in my book. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Um, I, I am holding a copy right now of the book, Attention Pays, How to Drive Profitability, Productivity, and Accountability. I've got so many dog ears. The book is a lot thicker than it was uh, when I f- first received it because of all the dog ears. And so normally, you know, what if I'm going <laughs> to bring somebody on and I'm, I'm going to do all of this research, try and figure out what am I going to ask him? No, all I'm going to do here is I'm going to take a tour through this book and have you elaborate on a few things and but but let's start from the very beginning here and uh, you wanted to write a book on attention because why i mean i know in the book you say that we don't have a time management crisis as much as we have an attention management crisis tell talk, talk a little bit about how you got started in this conversation and why this topic was so appealing to you in the first place You know, Jeff, when I speak for sales leaders and leaders for all of those fabulous brands that you mentioned, and yes, even the FBI, what they often want to know is how do you get the attention of your audience so that they can, you know, get better engagement, obviously. And when they're looking for that answer, what often happens is they focus on results rather than relationships. Hmm. And yet I believe that systems direct attention. And that's why my answer to this is that we need to create systems of attention because, as we know, that gives us the ability to keep attention, which obviously builds loyalty. And so what I realized years ago, Jeff, was one of the books that I wrote was called Folding Time. Mm -hmm. And when I was pursuing that, I was known for my productivity in my corporate days and I went out on my own. And I realized so quickly, we can't manage time. That is a crazy concept because time is going to happen whether you like it or not. Time doesn't care. Time doesn't care how long you've been in sales. It doesn't care if you're the buyer or the seller. Time doesn't care what's printed on your business card. Time is the great equalizer. Mm -hmm. So if we can't manage our time, what I realized is we can manage our attention. And so Folding Time, you know, was a fun book to write. People still love that book. But what I realized was attention was the evolution of productivity. And so as I started to pursue this with the clients I work with, I I interviewed hundreds of CEOs and clients and audience members. And what I realized was that so many of them were suffering and they were suffering because they were overwhelmed. Many of them were overtired. And, you know, I'm sure you see with your audiences in the work that you do, they're overstressed. And so what we were looking for was the answer to that. And what it came down to, to me was, that while we can't manage our time, we can manage our attention. And so we need systems of attention. And that's what the book very much helps people to do, build systems of attention. You know, it's interesting because you make the point and it was one of the first things that caused me to set the book aside and say, do I agree with this phrase? You said, uh, we now accept distracted as the norm. And uh, Mm -hmm. as I looked at that and I went, 
Yep. Yep. I think I, I think that's right. And in fact, when we think about the idea of uh, attention deficit disorder, something we had not even heard about just a few years ago, but now mm-hmm. it's it, it's almost like a badge of honor. But you say something that's right between the the eyeballs when you say, uh, no, 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 it's a catchphrase for laziness. Yeah. And here's the thing, ADD, ADHD, these are true medical conditions. And the challenge that I have is that people throw this phrase around like they say, oh, I just have ADD. Well, no, chances are you're just being lazy. And Mm -hmm. I have people in my family with this. There are people that I work with. There are people I care about that truly do have ADD. And they operate very well in in this world. And they do it often through different systems they've created and medication that they take. And Mm -hmm. so what I believe we need to do is stop using this phrase in such a bad way. And it's up there with the whole word busy, Jeff. It's another one that makes me crazy. People go, I'm too busy or I'm so busy. Well, you know what? Yes, everybody's busy. And Mm -hmm. the challenge is when we say to someone, well, I'm too busy, what we're really saying is I'm too busy for you. And what attention does is allows us to direct our attention on who and what matters. And so I don't accept this phrase, I've just got ADD or I'm too busy because I don't think they are truly elevating our conversation and they certainly don't elevate your personal brand. Hmm. Uh, you sort of are not afraid to offend people there, are you, Neen? Because <laughs> nope. you're going to have uh, no, it's just so you know, I'm, I, I love it. I, I totally love it. But do you, I, I think you're already going to make people uncomfortable, which you absolutely should be doing. Right. I mean, that's the deal. We can easily hide behind our stories. And one of those stories could be I can't help it. I've got an attention problem. But when you say I'm too busy really means I'm too busy for you. Uh, that mm-hmm. just uh, that, frankly, that one just sort of convicted me right there. Think about all the concepts. One of the things I loved about your book was this whole concept of discomfort and by Mm -hmm, the way I didn't enjoy reading that part of it but I was like (laughs) "Hmm, he's actually right Mm -hmm. and so what I think happens is we we put systems in place in our own lives for everything but sometimes the systems or the the phrases or the stories that we're telling ourselves are not helping us truly show up in the world and serve the world in the best way. And so I just want to encourage listeners to listen to the language that they use so that they can then make choices about being intentional with their attention. See, I Mm -hmm. think it's intention that makes attention valuable. So we get to choose very consciously of what words we use and the actions that we take very deliberately in order for us to show up, not only to give attention, but to get the right kind of attention that we want. You really tee off on social media uh, in the book, um, uh, and it's uh, look. I'm I'm on this journey here. This is what this was my key character goal for 2019 was to really look at uh, my own addiction to digital technology, social media. Um, we had Cal Newport on the show and and I read digital minimalism and it just completely mm-hmm. changed my thinking. It's been an amazing year as far as that goes, even to the point of, of really spending far less time on social media that I ever have. And, and I think I'm a, a better person for it, but your assertion is that Social media has done us no favors at all when it comes to the attention issues that we're having to deal with. Jeff, I think what's happening is many people think that technology is the enemy of our attention. And it's not. Technology is not the enemy of our attention. We are. These Mm -hmm. devices allow us to stay connected. They allow us to photograph what's happening. They allow us to very quickly manage our complete business from our cell phone. I'm very spoiled that I can do that. And I love that. 
The challenge has become that people are playing this game of comparison where they're seeing what people are posting on social media and they're paying attention to that and assuming that's what their everyday lives are like. And, you know, sure, we all have Instagrammable moments. That's fantastic. But that's not our everyday. And I think the the level of conversation on social media needs to change. And we're starting to see that. There's some phenomenal people that I really enjoy watching. One of them is a brilliant lady by the name of Erin Gargan King. She wrote a great book called Digital Persuasion. Loved it. We had her on the podcast. That book was amazing. It was a great book. Really, really good. Yeah. So she, she's genius. Yeah. But yeah. what I'm loving about Erin is she's not doing hair and makeup every time she goes live on Instagram. And she's showing mm-hmm. you everything. And so she's a great role model for me, I think. With social media, I, like everyone else, am a work in progress. Because of the business that I'm in and you as well, my clients do like to see that. My audiences love to connect that way. And so I have an obligation to make sure that I have a very active social media life. And in saying that, I've chosen my platform. So it's not Mm -hmm. that social media is evil. It's just we have to choose the platforms that we best serve in the world. For me, that happens to be LinkedIn and Instagram. Meeting planners that I work with and audience members of Instagram because the industries that I'm in and the professional corporate clients that I work with prefer LinkedIn. What that Mm -hmm. means is I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook. And so I will post automatically from Insta to Facebook. And what that does is gives me a presence for people who enjoy that. But frankly, my mom is the only one who really loves seeing what I'm doing on Facebook. That's why I keep my Facebook account. Now, my husband will say to me, he'll be like, do you know your friend ran a marathon? Well, no, honey, I didn't. But thanks for letting me know because now I can go and say congratulations. And so when people say to me, well, didn't you see my Facebook post? I'll say, absolutely not. I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. Because, Jeff, I think people make assumptions we see their feed. They make Mm -hmm. assumptions we've clicked through their 50,000 holiday photos that they posted. And that's not our reality. And so we have to just reset our expectations of relationships and not assume people have seen our Instagram stories and not assume that they're reading our latest Facebook rant about whatever it is that we've decided to share. And I Mm -hmm. think what social media can do is it can really deepen relationships. I had the privilege of keynoting a conference last week and I have been watching this woman for years, admiring the work of Anne Handley, who runs Meeting Crofts. She invited me to be one of her opening keynote speakers and for the very first time, after years of social media love and phone calls and text messages, I got to meet her in person. And she's even more legendary in person than she is online. Social media Mm -hmm. helped that, Jeff. So it's not evil. We just have to use our attention wisely. But but it is uh, set up to prey on what would be considered be an addictive personality, right, or, or an addictive tendency, right, where it sort of exploits that as we go through. But you make the point in the book that our attention span is not decreasing; we're just allowing it to be split upon multiple stimuli, and that would include uh, multiple social media platforms that may or may not be beneficial to you. Yes, Discount study published a. Uh they published some fascinating and scary research at the back end of 2017. And they said that the average user touches their cell phone 2,617 times a day. That's just awful. You don't want to touch anyone or anything that many times in a day. That's awful. So you have this intentional attention model, the idea of choosing consciously to be in the moment, acting deliberately to focus on what is really important and then investing transformationally in making uh, an impact. Uh, How did you come up with the model? Because by the time you're done, if you're doing those three things together, then you end up with this idea of intentional attention, which is 
uh, beautiful in its uh, both uh, simplicity and yet profoundness at the same time. Thank you. Well, one thing that your listeners may not know about me is I'm obsessed with systems of attention. And one mm -hmm. system of attention that I work with many of my executives and corporations on is what's called contextual modeling, or in our business, we call it idea shaping. Idea shaping is the ability to help people see your ideas so they can hear your ideas. And a simple model does that. If we think of the late Stephen Covey and the quadrant model of first things first, or if you think as you're listening to maybe the food pyramid of the food groups you're supposedly supposed to eat, um, we have these contextual models all around us in everyday business. But the ability to show people who are reading the book or when I'm doing a keynote on stage or whether I'm doing a mentoring session with an executive, what I've realized is contextual models are a beautiful summary and help people understand things so much easier. So I appreciate you highlighting the model. If you're listening to this and you think about a Venn diagram, what I'd like you to think about the circle at the top is all about how we choose consciously. And we get the opportunity to choose to be in the moment all the time. It's just that we are constantly distracted that seems to take away from that. The second circle, if you think about the words of invest transformationally, the thing that I love about the opportunity to invest is that that's how we make an impact in the world. Where we invest our time and attention is what's going to give us that greatest return. And then the third circle in the Venn diagram is act deliberately. This is where I think we really need to focus on what's important. And so if you think about when these three things intersect, when we've made great choices, when we've invested in the right things and we've taken action accordingly, that's how we're making a greater impact in the, on the world. And that's all about being intentional. So what I think we need to think about is intention is often a word that's associated with mindfulness, Jeff. And, you know, whether people meditate or do yoga or whatever it is, you don't have to do all those things, although I do love them. It's about really being here, being present, being mindful. And I think we're going to see even more about this conversation as we go into the next 12, 18 months because people feel so overwhelmed, they're so tired, and they're realizing that all of these things they've been looking to for guidance, that maybe they're just not the answer. And so I just want mm -hmm. people to really take a step back and think, well, who deserves my attention? What deserves my attention? And how will I pay attention in the world? If you can answer those three questions, you will feel so much more in control. Right. Yeah. Because I, that that inattention can be for me uh certainly at my worst moment a form of laziness right i'm, I'm a mental laziness right mm -hmm. I'm, i may be working really hard but um mentally i'm lazy i'm not really investing in and, and i know somewhere in the i don't remember where but somewhere in the book i think you talked about setting a 15 minute appointment uh, with yourself to be able to really yes. sit down and ask yourself some pointed questions so that you can get directed into that mindfulness, that presentness that oftentimes we miss. Because when you say lazy, it doesn't necessarily mean we're sitting around on the couch eating Cheetos. It means that we're not investing our full selves into what it is that we're doing. It's a procrastination strategy, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the ways to fix that is what you're referring to is the strategic appointment with yourself every day. One system we advocate and all of our executives do it that I work with as well. And audience members, I always encourage them just to spend 15 minutes with themselves in the morning. And then in that 15 minutes, what I'd like to challenge you to do is identify your top three not negotiable activities. So before your head hits the pillow tonight, what are three things you absolutely must do? Now, I have a pretty fancy way of handling them. 
people might want to write this down. Um, mm-hmm. I grab a sticky little post-it note and I write at the top of my post-it note in the appointment with myself, it says, today I will, because I'm making an agreement with myself. I'm going to hold myself accountable to this. And I write my three things. Now, Jeff, I've tried every planner app, digital and I love you name it, I've tried it. And the reason that I stick with a silly little post-it note is because I can carry that post-it note with me everywhere and it becomes my decision filtering system. So if I find myself watching too many cat videos on Instagram, I can come mm-hmm. back to that little sticky note and say, you know what, you made an agreement with yourself that you'd get these things done today, so it's time to do it. And so what I love about the simplicity of that is we can all do it. We don't need a lot of tools. It doesn't take you any money, but it does require attention. So be mm-hmm. really of what you want to invest your time in today. What about, the, I should talk about personal attention and, and the idea of how we deal with people around us because you pegged it early on with the idea of it might be masquerading as a laziness issue. We look at, at well, I just have ADD and it's almost like a badge of honor for me after a while. Here, here's another one that I know that I have to deal with is that I consider myself to be at least situationally introverted. I don't do well in, you know, cocktail party conversations. G- give me a, a stage on a microphone and 500 people and, and I'm, I'm, I'm great. I, I don't mean I'm, I'm a great performer. I'm saying I love it. Uh, but when you put me in a small group setting, I'm really, really awkward uh, in that environment. But I wonder if that, too, is just like, it's just that maybe I just don't want to pay attention. Maybe I just don't want to. It doesn't matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert. I really, I think some situations are very much geared towards an extrovert. I'm as extreme extroverted as you can get. For people who aren't listening to the, who are listening to this, I know you probably can't tell that, even though I sound like I'm five. I walk into a room and I just assume everyone wants to play with me. I always have, right? So mm-hmm. I'm extremely extroverted, but I've married an extreme introvert. And I love that we have that incredible balance because I've had such a greater appreciation watching the way that my husband navigates the world and that helps me understand my clients and my audiences better when Mm -hmm. it comes to entering a social situation the thing that i love about introverts is their ability to have quality conversations as opposed to extroverts who often have quantity conversations Mm -hmm. and so what i think it's about is having systems in place to help you navigate whatever situation it is as you're listening maybe it's a company retreat and all of a sudden the leadership team is around the board table and you don't really know what to say but having a few systems in place that allow you to approach people or to have a series of questions that you ask when you meet someone new And so what I encourage people to think about is if in advance of any situation you're going to find yourself in, a new job interview, a request for a promotion, a social networking event, a dinner party, a company conference, an industry event where maybe you're serving on a panel or you've been asked to facilitate a conversation, one of the easiest systems that you can have in place is think about a series of maybe five questions that you can take with you no matter where you go. Get good at those questions and then pay attention to the answers. I have asked people in times when I've met them, remember I'm an extrovert, I will ask question after question after question. I may not say a thing except ask people questions. And what's fascinating to me is people will come back and say, oh my gosh, that mean James, she's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm really not right. that interesting, Jeff. It's just that yeah. I listen to every answer that they gave. And so if you pay attention to others, if you do what my little friend Donovan says, He calls it, he always says, mean, listen with your eyes. If we listen with our eyes, doesn't matter if we're introverted or extroverted, we're showing someone Mm -hmm. that they deserve our attention. And I think that will help us navigate every situation we find ourselves in. 
you say in the book that we should be a fascinated listener. You've got a whole section on that idea of being a fascinated listener, but I've got a lot of salespeople who are listening right now to this podcast. They may be a fascinated listener and listening to Neen James, but what if the person you're talking to just isn't that fascinating? <laughs> oh, that is so true. So I still use my systems. If I'm talking okay. to someone, there are a couple of different kinds of people. There are people who think they're super fascinating. They want to tell right, sure, about yeah. And so right. for me, the hardest thing I can do is avoid the eye roll. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, here mm-hmm. we go again. So I have to be like super diligent and smile and find something great about them. That's always my strategy. But I also think that in sales, what often happens is because many of us have designed our questions to help uncover the needs of that particular client, customer, patient, student, whoever it is, that we're often listening to respond rather than listening to listen. And so what we need the ability to do is use systems like taking a pause or counting to three or recapping something that has been said. You have so many strategies in your book. They just need to read your book, obviously. Be bold and win the sale. But one of the things that I want people to think about as they're listening to this is when you listen, are you truly listening with your whole self? Are you mm-hmm. listening with your eyes? Are you listening with your ears? Are you listening with your heart? Are you listening with your soul? Or are you just listening to respond? And it will change the way you show up. Such such a common issue with salespeople. There's no no doubt about it. The idea of listening to respond rather than the idea of listening to understand. Hey, we're just about out of time, Nee, but I, I got a it's just a little tradition we have here on the podcast, gonna put you on the hot seat. Rapid fire questions, rapid fire answers. You ready? Ready. Your very first job was what? Uh, nine years old, making sandwiches for a bakery in my neighborhood. <laughs> a nine. So you have no laws about that down under? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Australian, silly. <laughs> yeah, okay. There you go. Yeah, no rules in Australia. Uh, all right. Uh, an album or artist that you listen to as a young person over and over again. Yeah, I was such an ABBA fan. I would play Voulez Vous, that blue album. I can still see the record cover over. And I'd sing it to my hairbrush thinking I was the blonde one. There, there you go. For me, uh, their big song for me, Waterloo. I love Waterloo. I could listen to it a million times. Uh, the, the most beautiful place you've ever stood. Oh gosh. Uh, hot air balloon gliding over Serengeti. And it was in the middle of Not, migration well, uh, season. And then we landed and had the silver service breakfast. It was like ridiculously amazing. Man, I got to hang with you. Uh, any book that you read early in life that had a profound impact on the rest of your life? Uh, business life would be sell your thoughts by Matt Church, genius, mm-hmm. fantastic book. And probably more mm-hmm. uh, in the last couple of years or the last 10 years would be gifts of imperfection by Brene Brown. Oh, love it. Uh, a movie you've seen multiple times. Doesn't matter when it comes on. You have to watch it again. Uh, Devil wears Prada. I pretty much know every <laughs> one of Meryl Streep's lines or Anne Hathaway's. I mean, such a super fan. That's awesome. And finally, your first celebrity crush. <laughs> uh, Chachi from Happy Days. I used to run home from school and turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's awesome. All right. You're off the hot seat. Uh, her name is Neen James. Her book is Attention Pays. And how can people find you, Neen? The great thing is, Jeff, there's only one Neen James. You can Google me, go, go to my website, follow <laughs> me on Insta or Twitter. I'd love to connect with you. We will put all that in the show notes. Uh, Neen James, just fantastic. I don't know how you exceeded my very high expectations, but you certainly did. Thanks for being on The Buyer's Mind. It was a privilege to serve your listeners. Thank you for all you do in the world, Jeff. Well, Murph, um, 
I'm feeling convicted. How are you feeling? <laughs> I didn't realize it, but I think I am picking up my cell phone uh, 2,600 times uh, a yeah, day. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, which It's just a couple of things that Neen says when we say I'm busy. Does it really mean I'm too busy for you? You know, and and uh, I, I'm one who's just like, hey, you know what? I have attention distraction. I, I, I would throw that out, not just as an excuse, but as I mentioned with Neen, almost a badge of honor, but not not good because it's you know i would look at it from this perspective you, you know i grew up watching the san francisco 49ers and my hero uh was joe montana you know i i think the greatest quarterback uh that ever lived i know uh, new england patriots fans are cringing right now but but if joe montana suddenly walked into my living room and said hey do you want to just chat uh, I, i'm going to tell you i would be paying attention I would be I would have no trouble with distractions. I would have no trouble, you know, going off and thinking about something else because it's Joe Montana, right? And that's the idea, which proves to me that I can pay attention if it's important enough to me. And I think that that's really where that conviction with Neen came into play. How important is it to you to pay attention? Because one of the things that she pointed out and I completely agree with her is that intention is associated with mindfulness. How focused are you? How mindful are you with your customers? And are they important enough to you? Is that prospect who's standing in front of you right now important enough to get 100% of your attention? That's the question. Uh, Neen also offered a really interesting test. Listen with your eyes. Listen with your eyes. The idea that you know your customer will see it in your face, whether you're paying attention or not. So I want to challenge you, if you've, if you've been inspired by listening to what Neen James had to say, in the next sales conversation that you have, I want to challenge you, put away every distraction, get in a place where you are going to be completely mindful, 100% engaged, thinking about nothing else, so in the zone, so in the moment that you were listening, not with the idea of responding, but you're listening to really understand what that customer is trying to tell you. Just this is a skill set. If I can focus on being completely mindful in the conversation in front of me, it makes all the difference in the world. This is your challenge. This is the goal to be so mindful that all the other distractions fall away. It's a great way not just to do business. It's a great way to live your life. Great words from the great Neen James. And that wraps up another episode of The Buyer's Mind. If you're not receiving our five-minute sales training, comes out by email every Saturday morning. You can go to jeffshore.com to sign up, or you can hop over to YouTube, type in Jeff Shore Training, and you're going to see a whole list. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channels. You'll see whenever something pops up there on YouTube, it'll come straight to you so that you've got that opportunity. Go over to jeffshore.com or to YouTube to be able to sign up. And until next time, go out there and change someone's world.